Welcome back. It's Due South on WNC. I'm Jeff Tabiri. And I'm Leonida Inge. Leonida, what's another word for attorney? Starts with an L. First, I thought Leonida. <laughs> no, a lawyer. Lawyer. Okay, one more for you. Mm-hmm. What do you drive around? Not a car, but begins with a V. What do I drive around? In a van? Uh, a good guess, but a V-E-H. Oh, a vehicle. Vehicle. Oh. Vehicle, lawyer, or is it vehicle, lawyer? For the next few minutes, we're going to chat about accents, Southern American English, a regional dialect, and how our language might just be changing. John Forrest is our guest. He's an assistant professor in the Department of Linguistics at the University of Georgia. Welcome to Do South. Thanks for having me. You know, let's start out with the kinds of sounds you were researching in the study you did at the University of Georgia, along with researchers at Georgia Tech. So what are we actually talking about here? We're talking about a system of sounds that are mostly, in in the paper, we're talking about vowels. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are the vowel sounds in the middles of words, things like the sound in fleece or dress right at the center. And we're looking at a bunch of the the ways you pronounce these vowels that are really unique to the South. So the sound in face, the way I'm saying it is is more general, like what you might hear. People tend to not peg me to a region, but in the South, it might sound something more like face, Um, a little more movement, a little more diphthongality, as we call it. But uh, a big one that people tend to talk about a lot is the sound in like prize gets to sound something like prize becomes (laughs) more monophthongal. Um, It doesn't move around. Prize moves around for a lot of people, doesn't in the South. Um, If I go along kind of the the front of your mouth, uh, the word fleece sounds like fleece. The word kit is like kit. Dress is dress. Face, well, face is face. I I think you're just picking on me now. (laughs) I'm not at all. (laughs) But Professor Forrest, I want to just point out for our audience, I I just want to set the stage a little bit. Leonida is- Where do you think I'm from? No, don't tell me. No, go ahead. He's only had you for a minute. It's a I great know. time to pose this to him. Professor. Oh, you- no. I, I, this, this is such a hard question. You would think we were better at this, but there's so much that plays into what people sound like. It's so hard to pin down specifically. Would I believe, like, probably from the South, pinning down more than that is really hard. Okay. But I don't know for sure. Okay. But you don't know what, what have, I, but what I, have want- I said so far that makes you know I'm from the South? Yeah. <sighs> so there's particular stuff like, a lot of varieties in the South tend to be a little less constricted in how they say R. So you don't have a really r sounding R. Like, so if we go up to the Great Lakes region and stuff like that, if, uh, if, if somebody says the word fear, you get a really er sound there. You don't have that much of one. Um, that probably says you're not from like around that area. I don't hear a lot of things that say like, I'm from New England, where we might have less of the R thing too. And the West Coast, I know the least about in terms of accent variation. You're right. <laughs> so so Leonida is from uh, originally Mobile, Alabama, and spent uh, many of her formative years in Tallahassee, Florida. And now, just for really my sheer curiosity, do you care to take a guess as to where I'm from? And just for context, we've been chatting for three minutes here. We, we, it's not like we've had like an hour conversation or anything before this interview. Nothing that I can pin down for you. I love You're it. from nowhere. I love it. Let me, let, whoa. You're what from if, the moon. <laughs> I can I can do this if I if I say hey how you doing if I drop a couple of eyes I can go to the Boston accent pretty quickly but I, I don't have a Boston accent I, and I want to I want to bring you in on this too professor and then we'll move on I swear to get to more serious things but you're from outside of Charlotte or Charlotte talk to us a little bit about your accent and have you had to work on it or change it or uh, anything over the years Yeah so I'm from South Charlotte 
And I haven't had to do anything to work. Like, this is just what I have. And a lot of people that I went to school with sound very similar to me, too. I think people expect that, oh, you're from Charlotte, you're from North Carolina, you should sound a certain way. But the whole thing is that a lot of people my age now don't sound the way you might expect, and they sound more like me. Really? So now I don't want to guess your age, but tell me a little bit about just the design of the study and your research and, you know, what led you down this this path? What led us down this path is that there's been some work talking about Southern accents, but not a lot, particularly in Georgia, um, and not a lot talking about accents in the South at a really, really long time scale. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to look at how accents had changed in Georgia over a really long period. So we have people born as far back as 1890. Um, we have archival recordings of people who are from Georgia that uh, we can analyze their speech. And then we have people born as recently as 2001. And we wanted to track really over time, like where do we see features of that Southern accent emerge? Um, where do they sort of show up? But then we've seen in a lot of places in the South that they're kind of tending to fade away. And when exactly do they fade away? And we wanted to know specifically, like, at what point do things really drop off? John Forrest is here on Due South. He's an assistant professor in the Department of Linguistics at the University of Georgia. Unpack that or, or go second layer for us, if you would, please. Are there particular eras or times? Is it based on migration or, or culture? Like, why did things start to, I don't know, hit peaks or valleys or cliffs, if you will, as we think about linguistics and the, the last 130 years or so? The answer is kind of all of the above. What we found is that the Southern accent was relatively robust up until about like we we sort of split it up by generations, right? So baby boomers, which we sort of have a general idea of what years those are, like born roughly post-World War II, those folks still tend to have a really strong Southern accent. But right after that, Gen X folks, it drops off really sharply and just continues to recede pretty quickly to the point where the youngest people in the study really don't have much of a Southern accent at all. Um, they, they, you wouldn't pick it up. So is that because of the migrating people coming, you know, to Georgia or leaving Georgia? Because there's been a lot of migration, you know, actually to Georgia over these definitely past few decades. Yeah, that, that's exactly one of the big reasons. People started moving to areas in the South, places in Texas, Georgia, North Carolina, around the 60s and 70s. And when you have people coming in who sound really different than the people who live there, you have a lot of options about how to talk when you're growing up. And when you see all these options, that can often change what the accent of a place is going to start to sound like. Like definitionally, just because you have more people moving in doesn't mean an accent should just definitionally go away. It may change a little because of that, but there's also sort of agency on the part of people. Um, one of the things we say a lot as linguists is that you think that your parents define how you talk. It's really you in relation to your peers. You decide when you're an adolescent kind of who you are and how you want to be. That's true with respect to like how you dress, um, who you hang out with, what sorts of activities you do. It's also true with language. So when you're growing up, you're sort of putting on like clothes, a lot of different ways of talking. And you recognize that there are socially valued ways of talking. Different people talk different ways. And so when you're in that environment, you're picking how you want to talk. The thing is, for the Southern accent in particular, there's a lot of loaded valuation on what we think of when we hear it. And as kids, you're aware of this. You know how people evaluate people talking with the Southern accent. 
so we're seeing some kind of change of norm with respect to like incoming ideas of what a southern accent means versus like the local valuation of what a southern accent means and people sort of positioning themselves with relation to that. You know, the years that you mentioned, it has Research Triangle Park written all over it. It makes me think of, um, you know, it was this big influx of folks from California that came to Georgia and to North Carolina, you know, during those years. And um, what part did that play? You know, we, we talk migration. Sometimes we're thinking from north to south. But what about from like west to south? Yeah, all of it matters. The big thing with respect to like what's happening with respect to the Southern accent and people moving into areas like Raleigh or Atlanta or something uh, is that you're getting people from a lot of different places. There's not actually some kind of other accent that's becoming like invading or something like that. Um, it's it's really not that they're becoming more like something else because people are moving in from that place. We People in the Research Triangle, we had a lot of people coming from New York people didn't suddenly start to sound like they were from upstate New York just because there were a lot of people coming from Binghamton or whatever. Hmm. Um, what's actually happening is it's kind of converging initially towards this more like less Southern, more unmarked sort of accent. I want to Less Southern, less New York, just... Blah. Blah, yeah. Leonardo doesn't like it. <laughs> I, I want to pick up on something you said a moment ago. So you talk about maybe a shift in cultural presentation of Southern accents. I want to say the quiet part out loud. For a long time, Southern accents have been portrayed as dumb-dumb and uh, less intellectually. How do you see that shifting? And maybe we're getting a little bit far afield from your research, but I'm, I'm curious as to w what you've observed there. No, this is actually right in the wheelhouse of stuff I've talked to people about. Um, the way we get our data is I go sit down with people and I talk to them about their life, and then we talk about accents. Um, and the thing you're saying where you're like, oh, you know, people are aware that there is an evaluation of Southern accents as perhaps being uneducated. When I ask people, like, what's the first thing you think of for Southern accents? Nearly universally, that comes up first. Mm. And, and the thing is, that idea wasn't necessarily here in the South before people moved in here, right? Mm. People weren't thinking like, yes, I sound uneducated. What people would tell me, particularly people who are older, they'll say like, well, I sound like this because I'm from here. My family does. Everybody does. Like, this is just how we sound. This idea, though, that sounding that way makes you a little slow, uneducated, something like that, that was something that came in that was more nationally available. Um, and so that's part of the pressure, right? Like that when we're talking about how you want to sound when you're growing up, people are aware that that loading is there for the Southern accent. And that's mm -hmm. a big pressure. And people have told me like in interviews, like, well, I tried as a kid to get rid of it. Or I try, you know, I saw how people were treated. And I was like, well, I got to tone it down a little bit because I don't want to sound like that. And that's a pressure on how you're going to end up talking. And that will have an effect in the aggregate too. You in your research Professor Forrest of the University of Georgia, we're studying white Georgians. I'm curious where and in what other groups uh, are some of these dynamics playing out? Yeah. So like I said, the loss of the Southern accent, quote unquote, is happening all across the South. And when we say Southern accent, usually people immediately jump to like white Southern accents, like the sort of character that pops into people's heads when I say the Southern accent. And I ask classes of this too. I'll go into my class and say like, what do you think of when you think of the Southern accent? And the person is white. That Southern accent is fading away across the region. In terms of other groups, we're doing some initial work here now 
looking specifically with black folks in Georgia um, to see if there's any sort of generational change going on right now. This is still in, in process. Um, but what we are finding is there are changes within the community that are not necessarily the same kind of changes. We wouldn't really expect them to be exactly the same, but they do happen a little later on. They tend to happen where like Gen X is the big drop-off point for our white speakers in the Georgia data. It's actually right after Gen X into millennial speakers where we start to see a lot of uh, features of what's called um, the African-American vowel shift. Um, this is a vowel shift that tends to be perceived as being racialized as black. Um, people like a lot of times will say that's the black accent. Um, the, some of those features are going away in millennial speakers in our data for black Georgians. Well, one thing um, I have it, to warn you yep. about now, there's so much code switching when it mm. comes to, you know, African-Americans, black folks in this country, especially those, you know, who are educated and, you know, have jobs in certain places. So they turn on some things and they turn off some things. I think even unconsciously, they don't even know it when they're around, you know, and they're in the workplace, you know, and it may be full mm -hmm. of people who are white. It may be just, or even at a university where it's only a few people that look like them, they tend to act and speak in a way that maybe they feel more accepted. But then when they get back home <laughs> and get with their friends and family, they t it's just this relaxation, you know, and then they may revert back to some of the language that we're talking about today. Absolutely. Um, I think that's a really important thing to bring up. Like, I just want to tell you they may trick your study. It, it is an important <laughs> thing to bring up. I want to tie a little bow on this here. Uh, Leonita Inge, Jeff DeBerry, Due South. We're chatting with John Forrest, uh, professor, assistant professor in the Department of Linguistics at the University of Georgia. And previously, professor, you were a graduate student here in North Carolina at NC State, and you did some research about this very topic, code switching in, I believe I've got this right, the tech sector. Yeah, I did a study at a tech firm. It was in North Carolina, greater Raleigh area. And basically what I did is I went to people at a single company. I had them wear a microphone and I was like, hey, can you please do your job? Like whatever is typical of your job, just record yourself while you're doing that. Record yourself in some setting outside of the workplace, um, just doing something where you feel like you're kind of being more casual. Um, and then I did a debriefing interview that I also analyzed for speech, but we talked a lot about like what they thought they did, um, how they felt about accents um, and stuff like that. And so what did you find out? <laughs> there was some code switching or another term that I didn't toss out there. We just call it talking white. Mm. Yeah. So most of the, the folks in the tech study were white folks, too. So mm -hmm. this is going back to white Southern accents. But it, there was code switching, but it was really variable depending on what the people were doing. The people who were working more internal to the company didn't do nearly as much code switching, particularly like people who were front facing, people who were doing things like sales, PR, out, interacting with people outside of the company we're doing a lot more work to change how they talked from context to context. Within the company, they felt like, well, you know, th this company is actually fine with talking Southern. There are lots of management people who talk Southern. I don't really feel like it's an issue here, but I don't know if I go outside the space, how people are going to evaluate me. And if they might think like we were talking about, hey, Southern accents don't sound educated, then I want to make sure that I don't get that evaluation. I got to make sure I push off of that thing. 
Where do you hope to focus your research next? What, what we want to do next, particularly like look in more detail kind of to what Leonita is saying, these elements of nuance in terms of the Black community in Georgia in particular, because I think there's a lot of stuff to be unpacked with respect to things like code switching. Like she was saying, are these features that we're seeing going away in interviews, are they going away across the board or are they just not being drawn on for interviews, right? Is there sort of a change in like where I use these features? Also with respect to like differences in terms of social class um, and area in Atlanta, um, because Atlanta is a really, really diverse place in a lot of ways. Well, it makes me think a little bit about Jeff and Leonida and our ability to communicate on the radio. Maybe people, mm-hmm. you know, I, we've toned, you've toned down your northern accent. I've toned down my southern accent. And now we're acceptable to all. Is that what it is? Is that who we are? I don't know if we're acceptable <laughs> to all. But you will not catch me saying, I got to park my car over here before I go into the office, all right? And I try to keep y'all too much y'all and, and balling. <laughs> <laughs> out of my wicked, wicked good idea. <laughs> well, thank you, John Forrest, an assistant professor in the Department of Linguistics at the University of Georgia. Just thank you, and hopefully you'll keep up this good work. Thanks for having me again. I'm Jeff Tabiri. I'm Leonita Inge. This is Due South on WUNC 89.1. <laughs> <laughs>